And now, Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're action-packed today. Uh, Pack science, it uh, rhymes with hack. Casey, you and I got a couple of hacks coming up. You've got a fantastic hack involving a kitchen sink. <laughs> you won't believe it, folks, when you hear it. Uh, and I'm going to help you out with your uh, sparkling wine adventures uh, in the upcoming weeks, when most of you traditionally serve sparkling wine, but you should serve it all year round. Uh, also, we're going to catch up with Ross Weiss, uh, the former winemaker at Phantom Creek, now over at Black Hills, just next door. We're going to get a 2019 vintage update, and uh, we're going to find out about his MW, Casey. He's a smart dude. Very smart. Yeah, he uh, he's already passed all the hard stuff, so we'll talk, we'll have a quick chat with him. And then uh, uh, our old friend Jeff Karkner joins us in the studio, Casey, from the Western Bayshore, where uh, we're heading uh, for the wine festival. We are, and if you don't want to cook and you don't want to go out at Christmas, yeah. he's got the answer for you. And if you want to learn how to make cookies, you can pick up three dozen while you're doing it. Yes, Western uh, Bayshore uh, Bayshore cooking class. Yeah, so sign up for that. And uh, then we'll, uh, actually coming up next, is uh, it's a bit of a fundraiser chat about the Bocuse Store coming up. The new chef out of Quebec uh, will be announced, and we'll be talking to Scott Yeager and to Ned Bell. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Savon Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Savon Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. To fully appreciate the Okanagan in autumn, visit Tinorn Creek Vineyards during their fall harvest. Settle into a relaxing tasting experience amid the stunning vistas of the valley. For something really unique, watch all the crush pad action from their public viewing gallery while enjoying a glass of wine. Take in a tour and grab a bite at their award-winning Miradoro restaurant to complete a perfect fall day in wine country. Get a crush on Tinhorn Creek. For more information or upcoming events, visit tinhorn.com. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley. For those in the know, it's a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. And it's here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clodisole Winery. Surrounded by an idyllic organic vineyard using natural ferments and small art artisanal winemaking, they produce elegant and age-worthy wines that reflect the unique land. You can find Clotus Olay wines in fine wine shops and restaurants across the province or order online at clodisole.ca. 
GizmondiOnWine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark GizmondiOnWine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at GizmondiOnWine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondi on Wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we have uh, two chefs in this segment. One in the studio, one on the phone. Executive Chef Scott Yeager joins us in the studio from the Pear Tree uh, out in Burnaby on East Hastings. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you very much. And we have uh, Chef Ned Bell. Of course, he's the ocean-wise executive chef and uh, working over at the Vancouver Club. Ned, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, so you two dudes are all uh, set to go for the Boku Store. Uh, it's time to fundraise again. Let's start with what is Boku Store. Maybe, Scott, you can uh, fill us in on the Boku Store. Sure. Uh, the Boku Store is a premier culinary competition that happens every two years in Lyon, France. It's named after uh, Paul Bocuse, uh, a very famous chef um, who passed away just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it started, I believe, in 19... Uh, oh boy, let's go. Uh, 87. Yeah. Um, and every two years, uh, it's now up to 24 countries, um, select a candidate to represent them, uh, and they cook off for two days. Uh, and in and it's a hell of an intense competition, and we do pretty well at it every year. We we have every, had some times for year, sure. Yeah. We're 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 trying to get back into the top ten now. Uh, we've been struggling a little bit lately, but um, we certainly have represented ourselves very well there. Now, how do you get in? How, how do they select? So the every country has or? a selection process. So for us in Canada, it moves around a little bit depending uh, when they hold the the trial, uh, and we usually hold that trial a year in advance, and we take applications, and then from there, there's a cook-off of the same format of what happens in France, mm-hmm. and that candidate is then selected and, and has the year to prepare and get ready. So and has the, has the chef been selected yet in Canada? Yes, we have our, our candidate for uh, this coming 2020, um, but not for the next. So he's been at it for about a year and a half almost now uh, out of Quebec. Uh, it's a little bit different now. Um, we've had a very West Coast kind of stranglehold on it for a bit, and yep. now it's, uh, it's incredible East to Coast. have. Do you know Ned? I do. His name is Samuel Sirois. And what are your roles Ned, what's your role? And then I'll ask. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was very fortunate to be on the judging panel that uh, that selected Samuel as the winner, and uh, that happened uh, last year at the at the uh, Restaurants Canada show. So a number of us were uh, were um, watching Samuel and uh, two other um, competitors bat- battle it out, uh, and it was you know the incredible talent. All three of them did incredibly well, but Samuel really was uh, a, a big step above in his preparation, and quite honestly, the quality of his uh, of his food, the, his plate design, um, and his overall execution. He's a very intense guy, and I'm sure you, Tony, and uh, Casey are not uh, unfamiliar with uh, the intensity of chefs, and that's what you no. need in these competitions. It is... Uh, Obviously, an honor for Canada to have had such incredible talent represent our country for the last 
um, you know, decade plus, and we have done very well, but, you know, we, uh, we definitely need to put some more funding, some more foundational yeah. support behind these, this talent so yeah. that we can focus on just executing day of. Which we're uh, going to try and help with. We're, that was Ned Bell. He's on the phone in the studio, Scott Yeager. Uh, I, I guess I can ask you, Scott, what, if you were going to give a piece of advice to the chef going there, like what would be the best kind of advice? For forget about cooking this or that, but you know, like it's like going into the Stanley Cup final, the uh, Game Seven. What kind of advice would you give them? I think probably like a lot of uh, pressure moments, whether it be sports or any event where it's a one-time thing, you have yeah. to perform on the day. I think you have to be in the moment. I think you have to try to enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I I believe uh, all chefs get into this because they enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, not every day is uh, is a dream day. <laughs> we have some tough days, but the opportunity when you work hard to get ready for the Buku store and that morning you wake up. I can think about myself in 2007. I went for a run in the snow with my apprentice. We packed the van. We got there, and it was the whole thing was just trying to stay uh, at this level of 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 peace and enjoyment that we had everything yeah. ready to go. Um, there's a moment where you stand in the box and the audience is getting ready and they come around and shake your hand, before the, the MOF shake your hand before you go. And it's like, it's a dream. It's a, just such an amazing opportunity. You, you sound like a Vancouver Connect with that answer. I kind of like that. Yeah, a little but, bit defer. <laughs> maybe we kept saying intense. Can you set the stage in the box? So you're in this room. How many people are in there? What's going on? And do you know what you're going to cook? You do. So you practice the, uh, they announce the proteins. It has changed a bit since I competed, but uh, they, they would announce the proteins basically uh, two months out, and then you know exactly uh, what the sponsors are and who, what you're cooking. But you're already working on your garnishes and all those things in advance, so you're totally prepared. Yeah. There is another new element there with the fish platter where um, there is a few surprises they bring you. They bring you to a market yeah. and you get to choose the vegetables from there. But for the most part, you have a pretty good idea. So you're rehearsed. You're ready yeah. to go. But cameras, lights, people with big all white hats. I, uh, one of my favorite stories I tell all the time is, is at the moment. So there's uh, probably about 5,000 people in bleachers and they're literally rocking these bleachers. Wow. There's every type of media you can imagine and they're all over you. Uh, and it in the morning, it's not as intense because the crowd hasn't built. And there was a stage where then they start to get ready and they bring the judges out and Paul Bocuse comes out and and then the noise started to intensify and all of a sudden it erupted. And it was so loud, I swear, it moved my, my chef jacket back. Like I could feel <laughs> it blow like wind. Wow. And, and I'm facing the competitors, but my apprentice is behind me and I... I still tell the story that I look back to see if he was still there because <laughs> I was sure if there was anything going to scare him away, that was He's it. Away. I was, uh, it was very, very intense. So. Uh, okay, Ned, November 24th, uh, the Sunday brunch. I've been through it all. Uh, I, I, I want to eat everything I read about at the Vancouver Club. Tell us about this fundraiser. It's only $85. I was shocked about how inexpensive this experience is going to be. Yeah, well, on the on the heels of a really successful event that we hosted here at the Vancouver Club last year, the same uh, brunch that you know had some of the best chefs in Vancouver, um, you know, cooking their socks off in support of uh, of Trevor Ritchie, who is our uh, our competitor. Last time, we decided to do the same brunch again for Samuel, and we have you know the likes of Scott Yeager, of course, uh, David Hawksworth, Alex Chen. Um, the list goes on and on. Some of the best chefs in the city currently who are all really here to support Samuel's run to the podium or run to the top 10. Um, it's 85 bucks because we want it to be affordable. We want there to be 400 people in the room. We want people to get excited about Canada competing on the international stage. 
Samuel is an intense guy. He needs to know that there's support from coast to coast to coast as he continues to dive into his uh, his training over the next 18 months. And, you know, he's working hard. They're building a kitchen at ITHQ, which is the culinary school in Quebec, where he will do all of his training. This is his full-time job. He, he is getting paid by the school to represent the country. So, you know, this is a guy who has put his life on hold to, you know, raise the flag, uh, the international Canadian um, culinary flag, so to speak, uh, amongst some really, really serious talent. And, you know, like in sport, uh, certainly in culinary in Canada, we don't fund our competitors the way that we should and yeah. need to. And so I am just so super proud, again, to stand shoulder to shoulder with Scott and, and you know, another 15 of our peers as we support his run to the podium. It's uh it was an awesome day, and I can't wait for it to come up again on the 24th. So 24th, November 24th, Sunday brunch at the Vancouver Club, $85, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 18 food stations and drinks are included. It is a real deal, and to support somebody like Simon, it's amazing. If you want a ticket, you need to go to Bocus Door Canada. Uh, .ca, is that correct? <coughs> you can get a ticket there. I believe the, the link in, is there yeah. through, uh, yeah, Eventbrite. We'll put that up yep. on our, uh, we'll get that tweeted out, but that's how you get your ticket, and, and really 85 bucks is nothing for what I've, for what I was looking at just cooking there. Even if you just went for dessert, you got a deal. Exactly. But it's and crazy. My last question is, who judges the competition at Boku Store? So the Boku Store, every candidate, every country gets to uh, send a, a chairman, a, a, a judge as well. So mm. it's all judged by uh, chefs. So we have chefs that have judged it from Ferran Adria, Thomas Keller, wow. um, Michelle Bra. Like, it's just a three Michelin star wow. photo bomb. It's Do we know the Canadian judge? Is a mystery man, Ned? Do you know? I am unaware of who we are uh, designating as our judge this next year, um, but I know it'll be somebody incredible. And Samuel, you know, needs needs to continue to dig into his uh, training over the next year and you know uh, obviously the the judges yeah. the, the board of directors will help him uh, you know continue to fine tune while he's practicing guys we're out of time but i really appreciate uh, talking about this story one because this country's in a bit of a mess at the moment and i think the best thing we can do is get together as canadians as opposed to uh, people provincial people so it'll be fun to have this fundraiser and support this young guy from quebec and see if we can't get back in the top 10 maybe we can win it that's the that's, 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 that's the goal that, i mean you got you got to go there thinking you could win or you never will Absolutely. thanks so much ned great to chat thanks. with you Thanks. Uh, terrific. And Scott Yeager, thank you uh, also for joining us today. Good luck with Boku Store. If there's anything else we can do on the show, let us know. We appreciate your help. Jeff Karkner, Executive Chef of the Western Bayshore of Vancouver, joins us next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. If you could create your dream home, would it be a friendly, thriving community with endless amenities? Would it have countless events to liven up your week? Is it a place where looking out your window takes your breath away? Well, don't dream, because Predator Ridge already created it. Experience unparalleled Okanagan living with homes starting at 675000 and over a 1,000 year-round events to fill your social calendar. Test drive the Predator Ridge lifestyle today. See the latest offers at PredatorRidge.com. 
Tony and Barb Haller, owners of Poplar Grove Winery on farming in the Okanagan. The thing we've probably learned most is that the weather is never the same from year to year. And you have to adjust your farming practice according to the weather God gives you. It's just the way it is. Patience to wait for your grapes to mature and nothing is on a schedule. If your grapes need to develop their tannins and their sugars, you have to have the courage to wait. Enjoy the results. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm-to-table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating deep in wine country. (laughs) Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. On the champion. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Joining us is Jeff Karkner. He's the exec chef at the Weston Bayshore in Vancouver. And uh, we, uh, we couldn't be happier in the studio, Jeff. I don't know how we got you, but we're not that far away anymore. So No, it's a brisk walk for me. Yeah, yeah. a brisk walk. Uh, you're looking good, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah. You as well. Yeah, you, you must be walking a lot. I do. I walk to work. Uh, we work uh, near Stanley Park, and I live in Falls Creek, so I walk to and from work yeah. every day, rain or Wow, sleet or snow. I'm impressed. Yes. You get excited when you go in that kitchen. Uh, is it fun? You know what? It's probably the most fun I've had in the kitchen in a long time. Oh, so wow. We've got a, quite a few guys that have worked together for a long time. So i uh, worked in a few different properties with my management team. So we're so aligned and we're always... It's kind of like a line on a hockey team then. You know what it really is. where you everybody's going to be and what they're doing. That's right. Fantastic. Chemistry. Well, we're yeah. going to talk a bit about chemistry, uh, Casey. Uh, uh, and, and In fact, uh, we're going to talk about the holiday season. Chemistry. We are. And I want... You always have a great suggestion for us for our listeners when it comes to cooking. So what's your appetizer suggestion this holiday season? So is this for doing something at home with your friends? Yeah. Well, my appetizer suggestion is always keep everything as simple as possible. Like that. Eliminate the steps so that you can have more time to share with your friends uh, and your family and your (laughs) guests. So I what I usually do is I do something simple like a baked brie. And this is something that you can do by getting some puff pastry sheets and make a little cranberry relish with some fresh rosemary needles. You spread it on a whole brie and then you um, put the top on and pinch the edges and uh, wow. throw it in the oven 350. And how long? Know, a lot of happy how people. long in the till oven? Golden brown. On the top? Yeah, till golden brown all the way around. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. a great recipe and the aroma. Yeah. F- aroma. From well, you, yeah, you got the rosemary and you put exactly. some spices on there. and Yeah. Yeah, sounds oh great. God. And that is easy. But I'm really excited about the cooking classes you and Crazy Brody are going to do, Chef Brody at H2 yep. Rotisserie, is he crazy the Western Bayshore. Oh, he is so much fun. Yep. And I want to go. And I love what you're doing. 
you're going to be taking, I'm, am I going to be taking home three dozen cookies? That's right. So uh, you're going to be taking home a lot of treats uh, for yourself or your, your friends, but um, we're going to be baking uh, scones and shortbreads, and we are taking requests. And the, the best part about it is Brody. <laughs> Brody is just one of those guys that you can't not have fun around. That's right. Yeah. So it's going to be Brody and myself, and we are just going to be... Throw uh, dough at the wall. Throw dough at the wall. That's fantastic. And, you know, uh, I don't care what anybody says. It's really stressful at Christmas. Cooking, getting organized. Yep. So what can you recommend to us at Christmas yes, to make it? Yes, I recommend. Okay, there's a few things I recommend. Have a plan. Have a plan in advance. And anytime you got uh, an opportunity, then that's when you got to do all your prep. And try and do things like, um, you know, build your own cocktail section so there's less work for you to do yes divide the room so that you've got nibbles and treats everywhere and don't do plated at home always do a buffet yes so always a buffet. you don't go to parties where the the hosts are in the kitchen hollering at each other and <laughs> trying to get the ice past the, <laughs> the oven while something's burning and <laughs> i go to one party <laughs> and my amateur chef friend he employs <laughs> All his friends are chefs, and yeah. then when we get there, he asks us to come early, and he's got us rolling spring rolls and doing oh this and that boy. and the other thing, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. Hey, we're speaking with Jeff Karkner. He's the executive chef at the Weston Base, or, and it sounds like at his friend's house, too, for uh, yeah, holiday yeah. season. And you know yeah. what? When you don't want to cook and you don't want to go out... What can we do? Leave it to us at the Western Bayshore. So we've got the takeout turkeys. We're going to be serving those December 22nd to the 26th. Nice. And um, that is a big event for us. So we put on turkeys. You can have... Uh, and is it classic? Like when you say takeout turkeys, yeah, is it the classic it's stuff? It's the classic. We've got our brioche stuffing. we got yeah. Listen, gravy, that Brussels is, sprouts. That is not classic brioche. When I saw that, like that's amazing you're <laughs> yeah. doing a brioche. People use stale bread, but oh no, the Bayshore's well, got to use we brioche. We always try and find a way to get just a little bit more butter into it exactly so, there we go <laughs> and then that comes with some mince tarts and um, some shortbread cookies as well and uh, you can customize it by adding some yule logs or things like that so and it comes with all the fixings all the fixings vegetables potatoes mashed potatoes everything for uh, Great. yeah so either six to eight people or ten to twelve people we've got different size birds for you When's your last order date or do you know that is a chef uh, as long as you get it in by December 20th yes then but we always keep a few uh, on standby just in case for any last-minute Great. Right on. So you can go online to the Western Bayshore Vancouver and get that yep. number. At h2restaurant.com. Does, does it just ring in your office? Uh, can we talk to you when we order? Probably not. You'd eh? probably have to call a different line. Uh, yeah, yeah, the you festive to, line. There's a few why people you have to get through to get to me. Why don't you put Brody's number <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah. That would be so, no, I'd that's like a to order idea. turkey. Now Casey says the stuffing's got brioche in it. That and would just... It, would, it would kill the restaurant because Brody, once he gets <laughs> talking to someone, he won't stop. Yeah, the line would, will be We would gone. lose Brody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You also do yeah. a signature brunch uh, at Christmas and New Year's. Yes, yeah, so we, we've got our signature brunch. We're actually launching this year. We're going to do a, a festive series starting December 1st. So every Sunday we're going to have a festive brunch. Then on Christmas Day for $75, we're going to be doing a festive brunch with uh, roast beef strip loin, uh, dim mm. sum, turkey, mm -hmm. ham, Chocolate fountains, seafood Santa. display. Santa will be there. That's right. <laughs> a live All Santa as opposed to a dead Santa. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope. I hope he yeah. makes it through. My kids will be Live very upset. music, mimosa yes. card. We got it all. Sounds great. Yeah, will we see you there? Yes, you sure will. Excellent. And I love this holiday, holiday movie nights. 
in December. Yes. Every every Monday night? Yes, every Monday night in December. And I think we've got the hot chocolate carts and marshmallows and the goodies, so it should oh, be a yeah. lot of fun. Now, who's picking these movies? That's, uh, they they that's won't a, let me pick. That's a big job. No, I should choose them. No. It'll just be Christmas vacation. No. Every, <laughs> every Monday. Oh, okay. No yeah. Bruce Willis movies or anything. Uh, yeah. Is that a Christmas movie? Are we going to get into <laughs> well, that? Well, that's a whole question. <laughs> is that what we're doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so check out the website. Yes, h2restaurant.com. Um, that's where you can book all your holiday festive events. And the and movies are December 2 to 23. Maybe you can drop the kids off at the movie and go shopping or something. That's a good idea for me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, really, what happens to your Christmas? To my Are Christmas? Are you exhausted? No. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so does yeah. your wife do cr- cook Christmas dinner? She does. I'm usually at work on Christmas dinner. I know, so when I'm I come sure. home, it's... it's uh, Bed. It's tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to eat something. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You don't, yeah. Eat, you, do you, you don't eat at work, do you? I always eat at work. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to. Ever since Brody got there, yeah, feeds me. And okay. do you, yeah. does the staff get fed before? Yeah, their of shifts? course. Yeah, we d- we do. Well, they we feed them daily, but on Christmas we do a special uh, Christmas luncheon and dinner for them as well. Do you have a feel for who's in the hotel at Christmas or? Um, you, you are know they what? lonely folks or are no, they it's a lot of families. Or? We see a lot of oh, okay. families yeah. in together, so I'm sure there are people that are here on travel and, and alone. But I think a lot of people that come here are here to see friends and family. Yeah, so yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, folks, if you haven't been in the Western Bay Shore to eat or dine, you should do that because uh, it's such a great setup. You can like walk through Stanley Park over. You can walk the yeah. other way down, all the way down, almost to the Second Narrows Bridge now. Uh, so it's yeah. kind of fun. You can get a lot of exercise and then uh, sit back and eat and drink. That's right. That's so after all your turkey, yeah, go walk it off. And Tony missed the the party of the year this summer. He was out of town at the Bayshore. The patio, nothing like it anywhere in the city. Wow. Absolutely nothing. It's hard what to be a party, party of the year. that was. It's hard to be party of the year if Anthony wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, Casey. Yes, right. I like Actually, the way you I think, th- Jeff. I yeah. thought that's why it was such a that. great yeah. party. I love the way you think. <laughs> I've been to a few long long table wine dinners outside there. Yes, that's there. right. Yeah. You well, have. So Make sure you get to the but, next one. But this party, yeah. that party really was incredible. you got to see what we're doing over the winter, though. We're putting igloos out on the patio. Wow. We're doing fondues and winter warmers out there. I'm from Pig, so I don't know about the igloos. What fondues outside? That's fondues outside in our little Big igloo mittens. tents. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I just went into it on Friday for the first time, and I couldn't. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> you it's went great into on the that. igloo. I went into the igloo. That's not ice. <laughs> now <laughs> there's heaters uh, in there. Uh, do you have to bend down to get into an igloo? Or <laughs> <Y-> yes, <laughs> there's plenty of room, but we make people bend down for oh the authentic my experience. God, I yeah. love that yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, makes it more. Do you, uh, so what kind of fondue? Now, listen to me talking about fondues. <laughs> yeah. I, I just uh, some sort of melted cheese, right? Yeah, we're gonna have uh, <laughs> well, a variety of cheese <laughs> a will be variety. at our fondue with all the veggies and you know beef and whatever you'd like. Wow, sounds wonderful. I love fondues. Yeah. Who doesn't? We grew up with them. That's right. Jeff, great to catch up with you. I know you're going to be smoked for the next two months, but uh, we're going to see you later in the new year uh, during the wine festival. Maybe you won't be so busy. I look forward to it. We'll have time to have a glass of wine and uh, maybe a brief discussion on food and wine. Be terrific. Very brief. Yeah. yeah. So that we can just eat. Focus on the wine. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Great to see you. Jeff Karkner, he's the executive chef at the Weston Bayshore, Vancouver, which will be our new away, home away from home during the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Coming up next, uh, one of my favorite wine guys, so understated, so bright, and such a great winemaker, Ross Weiss joins us from Black Hills on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network.
Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Change is in the air at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery, and they couldn't be happier. Their new wine experience center is currently on schedule for completion later this year, featuring completely rejuvenated vineyards for even better vintages. In the meantime, during the ongoing changes, Mount Boucherie's wine shop will still be open daily from 11 till 5 for tastings. And if you can't come to the mountain, let the mountain come to you. Visit them online at mtboucherie.com. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Our roots run deep. Kalmana Family Estate Winery reminds you that it's time to join the 2019 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Kalmana's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Kalmana wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the number series, Kalmana's small lot program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit kalmana.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Hi, this is Duncan from Hillside Winery and Bistro. I invite you to experience the finest that Naramata Bench has to offer. Terroir-to-table cuisine, handcrafted wines made exclusively from Naramata-grown grapes. Delight your senses as you sit back, slow down, and savor our locally-inspired food and wine. Enjoy a fresh take on dining with the Bistro's new shared plate menu. Come discover and taste the difference at Hillside Winery and Bistro, located in the heart of the Naramata Bench, just minutes from Penticton. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we're heading up to the Okanagan uh, to chat with winemaker Ross Weiss. He's making the juice at Black Hills. Ross, how are you? Pretty good. Just uh, recovering after a big couple of weeks here. (laughs) I think it's more than a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Harvest 2019, I've already got got a lot. I've been in a lot of trouble for saying that it was a challenging vintage. So I don't know. Maybe (laughs) maybe you can set the record straight. Not with you, but others Uh, anyways. (laughs) I think I'll I'll join you and get in trouble. I think it was a challenging vintage, but uh, I don't know. That's... You work pretty hard to make wine and vintages like these, but that doesn't mean the results are, are any less because of it. Yeah, like it's farming. I know everything was great up till August 31st, and then, then September was pretty wet, and then uh, a, a frost like no one's ever seen. Or Apparently, we saw something like it in 2009, uh, but it was big. Can you tell us what happens when, it, when a frost like that uh, attacks uh, the region? Yeah, so we had a frost in the second week of October and we got down to about minus six degrees on the Black Sage bench, Mm. minus five, minus six. And uh, at that temperature, it just kills all green parts of the vine, all growing parts of the vine. So that's the end of your growing season as such. Yeah. Um, So there's there's no more ripening to be had after that. So it's basically a matter of picking all your grapes and and, uh, getting them in. And how much time do you have to pick those grapes? Like if they're hanging there with no leaves, is that a concern or...? 
they're, they're still okay. What they do is dehydrate after the leaves are gone, so you end up losing juice from the berries, so you get lower yields, and you actually concentrate yeah. your sugars as well, which isn't always a great thing. So yeah. it, is, it is a bit of a rush to get them in after that point. Yeah, and I, and because of the rain and whatever, a lot of the tanks were full, I hear, too. Be So even getting them in was more of a space uh, issue than, than anything else. Yeah, we certainly had some logistical challenges at Black Hills, so yeah, we We've probably started our Merlot harvest, which is the first of our big reds that we pick a little bit later than normal because of the cold September. So then we had to try and finish harvest earlier than normal. So there was a real compact three weeks of harvest, which it's good to get it out of the way in three weeks, but it certainly led for some big days in between there. Yeah. How did my favorite white do, Alibi? (laughs) Alibi is great, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with Alibi, actually. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of fun little ferments going on with the, the Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon from Alibi. Um, a lot of wild ferment and, and big punch in barrels this year, so getting a lot of complexity from that. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun wine to make, actually. We really like working with the Semillon from our property. So if people... Character to it. Yeah, f- folks who don't know, Ross has moved over. For, Ross was making wine over at Phantom Creek, uh, getting that winery underway, and then has gone to Black Hill, so... You've been there now for, uh, did you arrive just for the 18 vintage or just after, I guess? For Black Hills, just after. Yeah, so yeah. I arrived in January, January this year, so yeah. I picked up the 2018 wines. Yeah. So you had a, you got to work a little bit on the whites, but this will be your first full red wine season there. Yeah, my first uh, vintage from, from picking the grapes onwards. So yeah, yeah. I finished up all the 2018 whites and working on the red blends uh, in the next coming week or two. Um, but, yeah, this is the first harvest at Black Hills. So what happens? You go there, you assess all the wines that are there and the style, and then you, you, do you decide if you're going to do something or anything or just leave everything alone? How's how's it worked for you? I think you take your time to get to know the, the place and, most importantly, get to know the vineyards. Um, it's all very well to come in with great ideas, but if the vineyard doesn't want to follow through with those ideas, then it's not going to work. So yeah. there's a lot of getting to know and and figuring out what, what, what's been done before and what's worked and what hasn't worked. But definitely um, you, you, look for, you look for the little improvements you look for, to continually evolve the quality. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been a big part of my year, just looking for little tweaks that we can do to get the extra 1% or 2% quality along the way. Yeah, you, but you're familiar with the Black Sage bench, so you have a bit of a, an edge there uh, when, you, when you look at some of these. In fact, I, I know, did I notice that you planted a Syrah vineyard uh, right beside... Uh, the old Phantom Creek Syrah Vineyard site, which is a great site. Yeah, we've got Syrah bordering the Phantom Creek Syrah, so I'm really, <laughs> really excited to work with that. We actually pressed it yesterday from tank, so it's a, that little spot's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. So I do know the Black Sage Bench. I literally jumped across the road to work at Black Hills. So, you know, it's very familiar territory and a great part of the world to, to make wine in. We're speaking with uh, Ross Weiss. He's the winemaker at Black Hills. Ross, you went in there to one which uh, was never my name, but it has become very famous uh, for uh, an icon wine called Nota Bene. I think uh, John Schreiner gave it that blessing many years ago. So you're the Nota Bene man now. Uh, and it's a wine that's gone up in price and sold out almost every year since it was made. Uh, do, do you feel any pressure there? How, how do you take on a job like that? Uh, it's a good problem to have, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's a great challenge. I think uh, it's got such a great following and a great base, and all you can do is make it better every year. And we've got the vineyards are really hitting their stride at about 25 years of age, so we're getting more and more concentration each year as you look back through the wines. And I think and now it's just a matter of just bringing out the best of the vineyard each year, whether that's through blending or 
just tweaking crop levels or tweaking the barrels that we're working with. Um, I, th- I think it's a lot of fun looking for those little 1% changes that can really make a big difference to the wine. So, no, I'm not, not at all daunted by it. I think it's a great challenge. And as if you don't have enough to do, Ross, you have an expanded role and you're overseeing winemaking and working with the winemakers at Red Rooster and Tinhorn Creek as well as, Bra- as Black Hills. Yeah, that's a recent development and uh, it's a lot of fun, actually. I get to be a consultant in my full-time job now, so it's the best of both worlds. So I get to travel up and work with Elaine at Red Rooster and uh, talk to her about winemaking and just share my my thoughts and ideas. And the same with Andrew Windsor at Tinhorn Creek. So having a lot of fun working with those two and getting to know their vineyards and helping out where I can and offering some ideas. And Yeah, it's just it's just great. It keeps you... I, I learn from them as well, so it's not, yeah. it's not just me sharing ideas. I, I learn... Elaine's, for example, a terrific chemist, so she teaches me more about the science of wine than I ever thought I could understand. So, <laughs> I like yeah, that. It's a two-way thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what about the and what about the vineyards themselves? Do you get will, will they will there be some expansion or interchange of of grapes between the wineries when needed, or or is it pretty much set who gets what? Well, I think at Black Hills and Tinhorn, we've always had our estate vineyards that uh, that we've drawn the fruit from, so that has to stay consistent, just like our wines will stay consistent from that fruit. So, um, what what we do is we have a network of growers through Andrew Pella Limited, and certainly if there's a something that makes more sense to fit one portfolio, then we can move it around. And we did that a little bit this year at Black Hills, just getting one of our neighbours, Sarara Vineyards, which had been going to a different winery. Uh, it just made sense to come to us because it's premium black sage Syrah, Yeah. and it really fits our expanding Syrah portfolio. So it's great to buy fruit from your neighbours, so that's actually allowed us to do that. Yeah, that sounds good. Ross, uh, uh, last time I was there, I stopped by uh, the... The tasting facility, which is really one of the best in the South Okanagan, and it's jam-packed all the time. Are are you used to being at a place that's so busy and uh, moving wine out uh, like that? It's a bit different, obviously. Yeah, definitely different. At Phantom Creek, we didn't have a retail. We didn't even have a retail store open when I was there, so I didn't get to see customers for the best part of three years at Phantom Creek. So yeah, it's definitely a change of pace there. But it's great. It's so nice to be able to talk to your customers and Black Hills customers. Are, are they're like nothing I've. I've experience before they're so passionate and they're they're full of questions what are you going to do to Nota Bene what are you going to do to the company <laughs> yeah they're so they're, worried they're and uh, why yeah. is the tasting the best I don't know Tony you want to answer that well first of all the room is uh, fantastic the lighting uh, the the setting the venue the glasses are superb so uh, and then uh, I know it changes but you have this you there's a range of wines that are available every day and it's quite a range that you sit down and the people that work for you Ross are very uh, intelligent they know a lot about the wines and uh, you know some people have the wine speak but I was impressed by the way the wines were presented at the tables uh, even to someone like me who they often say is quite intimidating but I I thought the people did a great job explaining exactly what it was I was getting so I don't know if you're involved in that training but it's uh, it's pretty slick yeah we've got a terrific team there they've been coming back most of them have been working there for years. It's just it's great that they're so passionate about the place and passionate about wine. I think that's the key. They just love wine and they love geeking out about the wine. So yeah. the terrific team members there. Yeah. Now tell the truth, Ross. Do you jump in that pool sometimes at night? I just want to <laughs> jump in it when I'm there, but uh, it seems like there's no swimming allowed. I haven't yet. It's a water feature, not a pool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's a pretty big uh, water feature. <laughs> I'm very impressed that you're getting your Master of Wine. 
And yeah, getting there. Yeah. To tell to tell our <laughs> listeners what a Mastro wine is and what the focus is of your research paper. So the Master of Wines, it's a three-stage uh, educational process put together by the Institute of Masters of Wine in London. And, um, the first two stages revolve around theory and tasting of wine, uh, and I've passed them as of about a year ago. Yeah, which are super tough, paper. by the way, folks. Super tough to pass the first two. Yeah, not easy, yeah. Uh, and then I'm on to the research paper now, which is a topic of your choice, uh, which I chose what will the viticultural impacts of climate change be in the 2050s? So it seems kind of topical around here. Wow. Um, there's been a lot of talk about climate change and viticulture, but nothing in too much detail specific to the Okanagan. So I took on that challenge, and I'm just finishing the tidying up the graphs at the moment and should be submitting it in December. Oh. And an MW, a Master of Wine, it's like getting a university master's degree. It is very yeah, difficult, and very few people pass. Yeah, I think there's 385 in the world, something like that. Don't quote me on that. But and, yeah, and it's, a, it's a pretty small club. It is. It's very small, and most of them take five years off to pass it, and you just uh, kept on working, running a winery, and passed it uh, in your spare time, <laughs> which is really impressive. Had a lot of early mornings to get it done, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's been worth it. The, the travel I've, I've done in the program and the people I've met and been inspired by traveling around, talking to winemakers in Italy and France, uh, it's it's been an incredible experience, and I would, would do it again if I could, if it, if yeah. it was uh, perhaps a bit less expensive. <laughs> well, Ross, uh, it's so great to uh, chat with you and to have you down uh, at Black Hills. I'm, I'm just uh, can't wait to taste these new wines when you get when we see your uh, actual finished wines. It's going to be great for the South Okanagan, and uh, it's going to be great for us internationally, as you say, uh, connected to New Zealand. Uh, it seems like every second winemaker is from New Zealand now, and uh, <laughs> even your new neighbor uh, is from New yep. Zealand. So it's uh, it's great that uh, BC is finally uh, stepping up on the big stage and showing what it's got. Uh, can't wait to see you soon, Ross. Thanks for joining us on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network today. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. Me. That's Thank Ross. You yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Ross Weiss is the chief winemaker over at Black Hills. Uh, we have to take a quick break, but Casey and I will be back with a number of wine and food. Are you ready for this? Hacks next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. The best wine experience I had was very recently. We were with a bunch of sommeliers from Calgary and Vancouver, and they asked to do a vertical of legacy. The oldest legacy we had, which we then called Reserve, was a 1998. We opened that bottle. It was delicious. And these sommeliers were stunned that a wine that old could still be fruit forward. Experience the glory. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Please enjoy responsibly. 
GizmondiOnWine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark GizmondiOnWine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at GizmondiOnWine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondi on Wine. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm to table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating deep in wine country. <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're talking about hacks, hacks, hacks. You know, Casey, in my day, hacks were bad guys. <laughs> bunch of old hacks. That's Maybe right. we're a bunch of old hacks. <laughs> we are. Uh, but so we're going to talk about kitchen hacks today, or wine and food hacks. Uh, I'll let you do one, then I've got one. We'll see how far we get before we're out of time. Well, I'm going to tell you how to eat pasta politely. Oh. So forget about using the bowl of a spoon to handle spaghetti or Yeah, I hate that. Never it's done it in my life. No, I'm so glad to hear that. Never done it. Instead, insert a fork into the tangle of pasta, tilting mm-hmm. it at a 45-degree angle toward the side of the bowl, and then just twirl, twirl slightly it. while pulling upward yeah. toward the rim of the bowl, and then lift the fork quickly. Lean in and pop it in your mouth. Yeah, lean in, cause I would say Chinese style, a little closer to the plate, yes. and uh, you're good to go. Yeah, I love it. I, I hate that spoon thing. It just drives me crazy, just the look of it. <laughs> I, I know. know. You're Italian. Of course it does. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got to, uh, you know, I don't know if these are hacks, but this is my, uh, th- this is the way to uh, serve sparkling wine, look like a genius and do make, you know, my thing is always about making it the best for the wine. So, you know, the right glass, the right temperature, all that stuff. But you know what? People don't drink a lot of sparkling wine. They get out their flutes. Uh, the first thing I notice is they're a bit dusty. And, uh, you know, they just are. Uh, not at my house. Well, most people, you know, it's not a regular drink. So what no. I do, let's say I got four or six people coming over. Even at your house, Casey, you can do this. You put the, you, you get out the glasses, you line them up on the table, the four or six. Your guests love this. You can do it in front of them. You pop open the champagne or the sparkling wine. And then I take one, half an ounce and I pour it into the first glass. Then I rotate and swirl that glass, and I spin it and turn it, and then I dump it into the next glass, and then I do the same thing. I go all the way down until all six glasses have been washed, rinsed, and most importantly, made wet by this half ounce of sparkling wine. And you want them to get wet because? Well, first of all, I'm going to throw that wine out. Don't drink it. Just throw it out. Take the dust with it. Then the glass is wet. Now when I pour my champagne or sparkling wine into that glass, you know when people pour and it bubbles up to the top yes. and then you got to wait and then you lose all the bubbles. and then, uh, 
Well, mine go in beautifully because the glass is wet and there's no dust in it. So there's it reduces the amount of sparkle while you're pouring. So it's easier to pour a full glass for someone. You don't have to wait and you don't lose any bubbles. So it's a very simple thing to do. Just rinse all the glasses once with a half ounce of that wine and you are good to go. And your glasses are clean. That's a great wine hack, Tony. Okay. And actually, I've got a wine hack. <laughs> oh, you do, eh? Yes, okay. and this is a great thing to do when you go visit a friend, you take a bottle of wine, and there's 20 other people there. Buy some metallic permanent markers in silver or gold. They're mm-hmm. at, you know, office supply shops. And, and uh, so label your glass bottles with it. You can also do jars, of, sure. you know, jam or whatever. Your signature and the date in gold. And it really personalizes your gift. And then... <laughs> the Casey Wilson autograph on the bottle. I do, I do that. And I put the date on it. And then they can put it in their cellar or, you know, whatever. Hopefully open it with you the next time you're there. Exactly. That's the main reason I do it. If it's a good <laughs> bottle, that's what I do. Okay. Uh... Uh, well, I don't have this one. I'm just going to add quickly to yours. Take that pen when you buy a bottle of non-vintage champagne or sparkling wine and put the date on when you bought it and then put it away in the cellar and you'll know how long you've had that wine because there's no vintage on it. And three years later, if you're like me, you actually save your wine, then uh, you'll know how old it is. I don't have many friends like you. Yeah, I know. That's it, what everybody says to me. They don't, I know. It's I don't gone, have any friends. Tony, so it's gone uh, in a week. I don't, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Okay, how to make a $10 wine taste like 25 This is my favorite hack. So you go to your store and you buy your $12. You know what? 15 doesn't matter. Go in and buy a bottle of Cote de Rhone for 16 bucks, and have it for dinner with your guests. But don't serve the bottle. Open the bottle and decant it. Get yourself a plain glass decanter. You can buy them for about 30 bucks with a nice sharp edge so it pours cleanly. Now you decant the wine. You put it in the decanter and you put the bottle just turn it back or hide it somewhere in the dining room. And when the people come and sit down, you'd be surprised how many people have never had a glass of wine poured out of a decanter. They have no idea what well, the wine kn- is. Yes. None. And guess what? They think that wine is a $500. They start smelling it and tasting it. go, wow, this wine's delicious. And then you just swoop down and you say, yeah, it's $16 in the liquor store. And they go, wow, I'm going to buy some of that. So but, you know, Tony, also, that's how they serve cheap wine in restaurants. They just bring it out in a decanter. That's so true. I think you, maybe you have to explain that to your guests. That yeah, well, I, I just let them. They go on and on. I don't say anything. Of course, they think they're getting a $700 Well, of, of course wine. they do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of uh, wine has to do with what's going on in your head. You just it you does. Know, someone says it's a ten dollar wine. You go, it can't be any good. You know, exactly. They say it's a hundred dollar wine. It can be good. It could be the exact opposite. That's why you need it. Well, and before you even buy that wine, you should check Tony's list of good value wines. Okay, what have you got now? How about these uh, cleaning? I, I like well, this. Well, before we this. before we do this, Tony, yeah. the secret ingredient of chefs are anchovies. Uh huh. So stinky, smelly exactly. anchovies. Exactly, and if you don't want the scent of anchovies on your hand, Who you know, does? try this. You remove the anchovies from the tin and you place it on a cutting board, and you use a fork to anchor them as you cut them crosswise, and then you use the side of the knife to smear them. But then you've got a problem. You've got to clean your wooden board. So to clean a wooden board, you sprinkle both sides of the board with coarse salt, rub with half a lemon. 
and then rinse well with hot water and dry mm -hmm. immediately. Which can be a lemon you sque already squeezed the lemon juice out of, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so you're saving on that. Yeah, and it, it really does a great job cleaning it, disinfects it, and uh, cleans it like uh, nobody's business. Love it. It does. Okay. Uh, what else have I got? Oh, yeah, private preserve. Okay, here's the deal. Now, I know people are drinking less, just generally drinking less, especially people over 50, for sure, That's drinking true. less. So, but the problem is, you know, you it's really hard. You can't buy half bottles of wine here. There's really nothing interesting. So you got this full bottle of wine. It's Tuesday night. You want a five-ounce glass of wine with your dinner, and that's it. So two five-ounces leaves you a half a bottle. What are you going to do with it? You're going to buy private preserve. I know you won't buy it because you go in the store and you pick up this, this steel can, and it doesn't weigh anything, and you can't believe they're charging 14 bucks for a can that weighs nothing. But the can's full of inert gas, and uh, all you do is uh, you pour out your two glasses of wine right away. This is the strategy. Then you take this can, two pumps of air. It's so simple to use. There's no gadgets. There's nothing. You just uh, insert the straw in the, in the top of the can, and you use it like you would any, any other can, and you, sp you spray uh, two pops of gas into your half-empty bottle of wine. It's heavier than air, this inert gas. It floats down and sits on the wine. You drive the cork back in. You put the wine in the fridge. It'll last for a month. But, of course, it'll be better the next day or the next day, not really a month. But it will keep two, three, four weeks. Know, Depends on the wine. It's a suggestion. Really worth doing that. And I want to say, you know, easy for you to cork, recork a bottle. Yep. you're strong. Yep. Well, but I, I can't. So I get out my rasper, the rasp grater, and I just shave off a portion to yep. get it back the into edge. the bottle. Okay, I'll give you another tip because people, this is another thing to do. When you take the cork out of the bottle, the first thing you should do is put it right back in just a half an inch. It will go in that half inch. And if you leave it like that for a couple of minutes, uh, it will be easy to put back in for the rest of its life. That's but a great suggestion. If you take it out and leave it on the table till after dinner, you'll yeah, never get it back that's in. That's a really good so suggestion. You take it out and you just bang it back in quickly and you'll be good to go with that. So that's how you can save this bottle of wine for the next night, and you can have another two glasses, and you're good to go. So you actually get a glass of wine for the bottle price as opposed to uh, you know, going into a restaurant and paying a bottle price for your glass. You know, you're going to get your five glasses out of that for the same price, so it's good. This is another Tony Gizmondi tip. I'm not going to give you this Don't tip. Don't sit with anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> This is how I open wine. Set a bottle on a folded dish towel in the kitchen sink. It's much easier. <laughs> like, I have a hard time opening bottles of wine. It's easier to insert the corkscrew when the bottle's at a lower level, and you've good. got extra space. Yeah, good tip. And um, it, it just makes yeah. the task a snap. Otherwise, you have to hold it freestanding down exactly. to the level. Yeah, no, there you go. Yeah, it's just a... It's just easier. Of course, it helps to have a Teflon corkscrew, and it helps to have it super sharp and to put it dead center. And remember the my tip, and even you didn't know this tip, which I loved. You have to be able to look through the corkscrew. What do you call the actual? The worm. The worm. You have if you don't if you can't look through the worm of a corkscrew, throw it out, because the other ones they're too tight. They just saw the cork. Yeah. There you go, Casey Wilson on wine, Tony <laughs> Gismondi on time.
(laughs) (laughs) And that's our segment on hacks for the moment. And actually, that's it for today's show. Uh, And by the way, I don't know if you've been counting, but we're celebrating a two-year anniversary over here at Bell Media. And we've got big news. We're now available this week officially on iTunes. I know. It's very exciting. Wow. Even the kids can get us now. Just click the iTunes store, type in BC Food and Wine Radio, and there we are. You can listen to any show you want as they start to go up. Uh, We'll have our own personal podcasts, and you can listen whenever and wherever to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Thanks for joining us, folks. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.